This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select T.D. Lamb. And now, your hosts, Dane Brugler, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, and Kyle Yeomans. It is a wonderful Thursday here from the SWBC Virtual Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco as the draft show returns here on DallasCowboys.com as we will continue to break down the NFL draft April 29th in Cleveland, Ohio as we're now closing in on 60 days until the draft is finally here and it is crunch time as the Senior Bowls in the past we're closing in on pro days lots of pro days to get to and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit coming up here in the coming moments but first let me introduce the door normal Thursday crew. We've got Dane Brugler from The Athletic, Jeff Cavanaugh, 105.3 The Fan, and the great Kevin K.T. Turner down the road. I'm Kyle Yeomans leading the way as always. Gentlemen, it's been a crazy week for a lot of you and for a lot of our listeners at home. First off, I want to take some time to say prayers out to everybody affected by the winter storm in Texas and even around the country. Wanted to just kind of give our thoughts and prayers your direction because it certainly has been a tough week. Jeff, you, you doing okay over there? I see the bookshelf is looking alive and well in the back. That's good. Yeah, I have not had to sell the bookshelf, so that's really positive. Uh, I've been really fortunate. I have not lost power. I've decided it's because I'm about a uh, three wood away from a fire station. Mm. So I have been very fortunate. My only mishap has been brought on myself when I thought I could do laundry and the drain was frozen. But now we got that handled. It's no problem. So uh, I cannot complain. I have had it very, very easy. KT, the same kind of thing with you. You've been doing all right this week? Yeah, I've been good. I, I only lost power once for like 30 minutes. I, I keep thinking it's it's going to happen uh, because somehow I escaped and, and didn't lose power. And I feel terrible even talking about it uh, because... Uh, Electricity guilt. I have it too. Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, it, and you know what? It's not as bad as not having power. So, yeah. I mean, I guess there's a part of me that should just uh, say, uh, you know, count your blessings. But... There's another part of me that just, I just feel terrible for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Dang Figure it, it out, Encore. Yeah, it, it really Ercot. has been a, an interesting week for sure in Texas. But, Dane, you're up in Ohio. How has it been up on your neck of the woods? Well, I, I mean, we've got snow everywhere. Uh, but, you know, it's we're, we're used to this. We expect yeah. this every uh, every winter. So it's, it's freezing outside. Uh, you know, my, my wife's a third-grade teacher, so every night she's crossing her fingers that – uh, no school the next day, but uh, yeah, it's it's a little different situation for us up here. It, it's the same kind of cold. You guys are just kind of getting a taste of, what, unfortunately, <laughs> what our weather is uh, for a couple months during the winter months. Yeah, we hate it down here for sure. And, and, and by the way, everybody continue to stay safe. And, and we're going to give you a little bit of an escape from that because instead of having the freezing cold temperature, we're going to give you blistering hot draft takes here over the next hour. How about, that? Hot. How about that? It's going to be real hot up it, in here. Okay, It's going to be so hot, I'm thinking about doing a segment with my shirt off. Ooh. Yeah. I, I, okay. I mean, yeah. do what you want to do. I'm, I'm not going to stop you, Jeff. But yeah. uh, let's go ahead and go into a hot topic among Cowboys fans really throughout the course of the draft process, and that's cornerback. Because I feel like lately – We've talked a lot about the defensive tackles. We talk about offensive tackle, even a little bit of edge rusher and linebacker. But I don't know if we necessarily hit the corners 
as much as we did when we first started the show because uh, back in the first couple episodes, it was almost uh, a foregone conclusion corner was going to be the pick. Now, that still could be the case. Patrick Sertan, Kayla Farley, J.C. Horn are all right up at the top of the draft. But there's some really good corners throughout the top 10 of this draft, Dane. And I know whenever it comes to you and you're looking at this, I just want to kind of get your input now that we're post-senior bowl, we're getting into these pro days. Has there been any big shift among the top 10 corners and some guys that could potentially be wearing a star on the side of their helmet? It's going to be a very uh, tumultuous, uh, maybe that's not the right word, uh, a varied, uh, a lot of varied opinions going from team to team, evaluator to evaluator, when you look at this corner class. Uh, there's just so many different types of corners. Uh, when you, I, I think the top two are widely believed to be the, the first two corners off the board, being uh, Caleb Farley and Patrick Sertan. But then after that, there's a lot of different opinions on what order 3 through 12 is. I mean, it's crazy the amount of different opinions. And I think the similar, you know, you look at pass rushers like that this year, uh, wide receiver after, you get to, after the top three is kind of like that. Corner, there's just a lot of different types of corners based off of scheme, based off of maybe what, you know, size, speed, ball skills, whatever trait that you prefer, you know, kind of being the strength of your corners there's going to be different guys that you're going to want. So don't expect a clean uh, you know, order from everybody in terms of the, you know, how these guys are going to be drafted. Uh, you know, for me, example, Greg Newsom out of Northwestern, he's my number four corner in this draft. Uh, wow. I finished his report earlier this week, and you know, I, I'm trying to place him. I'm like, oh, well, he's better than him. I think he's better than him. And I settled on him at number four, and I think there's a good chance he's going to end as my cornerback four after uh, Farley, Sertan, J.C. Horn, and, and then Newsom. And I, there's so much to like about him when you when you factor in uh, the ball skills, you factor in his coverage ability, uh, his ability. He's so intelligent with the way he plays. He allowed only uh, ten completions this year. Only one was over ten yards. There's just a lot to like about him uh, as a corner, as an ascending corner who's getting better and better. So uh, I'm very high on Newsom. Uh, and then after that, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of intrigue. You know, the 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 Georgia corners, for example. I know, you know, Jeff's not not as high in the Georgia corners where I'm starting to, you know, I've got I'm, I'm leaning towards Stokes a little bit just because there's there's so much working in his favor. Tyson Campbell bothers me because he just can't find the football downfield, and that's that's something that really bothers me as a corner. And the more I stack up these corners, the more I really you know remember that and how that that hurts him. So. There, there's so many different directions we can go with this cornerback class. I'm eager to get uh, KT and Jeff's uh, input to this as well. So can I just follow up because the Georgia cornerback thing is, it's funny that you mentioned that because I literally flipped them yesterday. Yeah. I have, I have Stokes ahead of Campbell too. And the reason that I did that is as I'm initially doing a position group, and I've watched like 15, 16 corners now. As I'm initially doing it, I'll watch a guy and I'll just throw him into like the round group where I think. And then I'll watch the next guy and I'll throw him in. And then as there's more and more guys in each round, I'm just kind of gut feeling like, all right, he goes there, he goes there. And then eventually what I do is I go back to my notes and I'll find that there are guys that you liked more when you just read the notes and there's guys that you liked less. When you just mm-hmm. read back through it, and you're like, okay, so those are in the wrong order based on my own words, so let's get this fixed. 
interesting thing about the Georgia guys is there's so many ways to evaluate this. Dane will tell you that it's traits over production. But production's a thing, too. And on the Georgia corners, did you know, here's a fun did you know game, Tyson Campbell gave up more yards in the Alabama game than Eric Stokes gave up all year. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, it, there is at some point where you go, okay, Tyson Campbell is a little bit taller. He might be a little more athletic. And so, like, okay, there's some traits there. But Stokes has been a better player than him their entire career. So, like, I went through and kind of reordered some things, and I still have them both outside of my top ten, but I did talk to a guy who does some evaluating for NFL teams last night that has Stokes as a top five corner that loves him. And that just goes to Dane's point. These, these guys are going to be all over the place. Neither one of them is in my top ten currently, and that's just that's the way it's – that's the way. And Dane's guy, Newsom at Northwestern, he's my tenth corner, and I love him. I love him, and he's my tenth corner. I have 10 guys that I think are worthy of being picked in the top two rounds. So that, that's where I am with the corner. And my number one corner, Caleb Farley, when I went back and looked at the notes, I don't know if he belongs as my number one corner. Wow. Well, I really don't. Like he's, it, My notes on him are all about potential. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't play much press man coverage. I don't think that his tape is great in man coverage, period. It's a lot of man, these athletic traits and the ball production numbers and what could he be as opposed to going through Sertan's notes and I'm like, that's pretty much all positive. J.C. Horn, pretty much all positive. Whereas Farley, it's like, hey, here's what he could be. And so I'm going to have to think long and hard about that at the very top of the draft. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun group, and I think it's a really deep and really good group. And you could find... Uh, I think a really good player at 44, maybe even in the third round. Uh, but yes, everyone's going to be varied, and I know that I am varied from what a lot of people think. There's no need to make any hot chocolate after those hot takes from Jeff. Um, Shirt's coming off, baby! I'll leave it on. I think the demographic is mostly male, although shout out to our female listeners of the draft show. Um, and males who like males. Eric Stokes, for me, is my cornerback four. Um, I have two first-round graded corners, uh, Farley and then Sertan. I am with you on that Sertan might feel a little bit safer. I, I want to go to Eric Stokes because I, I, I think, you know, I was, and I don't know what the what the targets are compared to him and Campbell. Who I, It feels like watching the tape, Campbell was definitely targeted more. Like, no oh, doubt yeah, about it. Oh, yeah, by um, far. Stokes only allowed 16 receptions this year. The longest reception he gave up was 18 yards. And to me, I think Eric Stokes is fast. Like, everyone talks about how athletic Tyson Campbell is, and you can see it. Mm-hmm. You can see the fluidity of Tyson Campbell. But Eric Stokes is not – it's not like he's going to go run out. Like, Eric Stokes has got a good chance to run in the 4-4s. Like, the straight he's line run a faster, he, he might run the fastest 40 in this draft. Wow. They're yeah. both. He, Campbell, and Stokes, Campbell and Stokes, I believe, are both 100- and 200-meter state champions in high school. They can both yes. fly. Stokes was a, a tra- like more of a track guy uh, in high school. He he, he had he has some state titles uh, in Georgia. So yeah, they, he, they're they're both gonna run really really well. The thing about Stokes and you, it's completely different from Tyson Campbell is you can just kind of uh, sense a little more feel of anticipating the the route that the wide receiver is gonna run and uh, you know understanding this receiver is about to break inside and he gets a step ahead and he's carrying the wide receiver inside just little things like that that are a little more nuanced and like the cornerback is a nuanced position and it's okay 
to, to just put athletic guys out there sometimes, but that doesn't mean that they have a better feel for the position, and you can easily see that with Eric Stokes. So, he, I mean, he's been a top-five corner for me this entire process, and that hasn't changed at all, and I, I feel really good about that. Um, you know, from a Cowboys perspective, does he get to your second-round pick at pick number 44? Probably not. I personally don't feel like he makes it that far, but uh, you know, we'll see what NFL teams feel like in this kind of odd year of evaluating players. Well, and Dane, you p- pulling up Eric Stokes and, and, and saying that he has the potential of running the quickest 40 in the draft, I mean, that reminds me of a conversation we've had on the show previously about the Cowboys' defense and about how this defense just isn't fast enough. And it seems like that. You can see it on tape. The defense is by far not fast fast enough to keep up with the defenses that we saw that made deep playoff runs. Is Eric Stokes that guy that defensively could potentially up the defensive speed, or are there other guys littered throughout this group that could potentially add to that as well? Yeah, if you're looking for pure speed, then I mean Stokes needs to be near the top of your list. I mean, he was a 10-3-9 guy in the 100 meters uh, wow. in, in Georgia. That, that was a classification record. Uh, for him so speed is not a a question with him Uh, straight line speed he's got an explosive trigger uh, and the the speed shows up recovery speed as well so he can regain positioning uh, and make plays so there's you know there's a lot when you look at Stokes and you see how long he is you see the speed Uh, you hear his coaches say things like he's coachable he's intelligent Um, You know, uh, he only gave up three touchdowns uh, the last three years at Georgia. So there's a lot of things in Eric Stokes' favor, which is why, you know, he's, uh, you know, up there uh, in the top five or six corners for me. I'm still working through exactly where, but, you know, he he might end up five right behind Newsom. So there's a lot going for him. I I think one of the toughest uh, corners in terms of just pegging where he's going to go and then, his projection is going to be Kelvin Joseph out of Kentucky, um, who, you know, is he does not have a big sample size. Uh, he was a backup as a freshman at LSU, uh, transfer, so he sat out 2019, became a starter at Kentucky, and he started nine games. So we've got a nine, basically a nine-game sample size from him, and there's a lot of really good stuff on there. Um, you know, there's, you see the athleticism, you see his ability to pattern match, uh, you know, he's rarely out of phase because he's such a, such a natural athlete. He's fluid. Uh, he's got that hip flip that you want, very loose, very sudden. Um, Big-time athlete, but, uh, again, the sample size is not there. You see some undisciplined tendencies, uh, and then there's just some off-field stuff. Uh, you know, he obviously fizzled out pretty quickly at LSU. Uh, the Kentucky coaches basically told him, hey, just, just leave. Just go opt out because, you know, he was really not putting in any effort towards the end of the season. He was just kind of showing up. And so the coaches basically pushed him out the door. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things with Kelvin Joseph that, you know, are get you excited. But there are also some, some, some red flags there that teams have to work through. I, he's going to go somewhere top 50, top 60 because the talent is just too good. But teams are going to have to do a little more homework on him just to figure out exactly what's going on with him. Uh, you know, can you trust him as a professional? What's going to happen when he gets that contract? Things like that. So Kelvin Joseph is going to be really interesting throughout this process. Do you think he's a guy that can make it to 44? I, I know you just said it's really tough to sure. tab where he's going to end up going, but I wanted to throw him in there. 
No, he could go 25. He go 55. I mean, it, it could, because again, I, there's there's a lot of he will, he will be not for everybody. A lot of teams will say, eh, we don't want the headache. We'll you know we'll take our chances on this guy because uh, like we've been mentioning, all these different corners. There's so many of them, so you don't have to necessarily uh, take a chance on a Kelvin Joseph. You know, you look at a guy like Marcus Peters, who you know he's got his own different set of circumstances. But he's, you know, he's a Pro Bowl corner. He's on his third team already. And he's been in the league, what, four or five years? Uh, so, you know, there's some teams that are going to be willing to put up with some of the stuff where other teams will not. So uh, he, he's just going to be a really interesting guy to track throughout the process. KT, is there a guy in the day two, back in day two, early day three realm, a third or fourth round pick? Of course, the Cowboys pick corner Reggie Robinson last year in the fourth round. Do you think they could do that again? Because I know you tabbed Reggie Robinson from very early on in the draft show last year. I want you to do it again for me. I want you to find a guy in that that late day two, early day three realm that the Cowboys could be interested in. Get him active Uh, this time. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, that's very frustrating that Reggie Robinson couldn't get on the field last year. That's very frustrating. And I guess, to be fair, we don't know the reasons why. He could have been practicing bad, but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, you're talking about day two. I want to say, let's call it late day two. Maybe a guy that you maybe drafted in the fourth round that maybe had a third-round grade on, something like that. Uh, I think Paulson Adebo from Stanford is very interesting. Um, and he's a guy who I knew the name of coming from a couple years ago because – uh, he had a good year, and he's like, okay, is he going to come out? And he decided to go back to Stanford. Um, now, he set 2020 out because of COVID. Uh, but, like, we've got the length. You've got the ball skills you want. I, he's got, I mean, you really got good hands. He used to be a wide receiver, so that, that's not a big deal. A lot of these guys used to be a wide receiver or have experience playing wide receiver. But he, there's some catches he makes on interceptions. We're like, whoa, what a catch. But he's physical at the line of scrimmage. I think he's a pretty good tackler, willing to come out, come up and hit and things like that. And has the size you're looking for and, and an aggressive mindset that, you know, he's got the traits of your uh, stereotypical, you know, big cornerback. Um, I, I, he's not a twitchy guy. And I think that's the big thing that kind of makes you stop and pause a little bit when you're watching a Debo. To me, I didn't see the most fluid hips, but, you know, he can sometimes get off balance if, you, if he's going up against a, a shifty guy. But, you know, the league also has a bunch of big kind of stiff wide receivers, and it's all about who can go make a play out of contested catch and things like that. And I think he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good in zone coverage as well. So He's a guy that I that I like. He's, it's not a guy that I love, but he's a guy that I like. And there may be some value there because, again, he set 2020 out, you know, four interceptions in 2018 and 2019. Like, he's got a good production track, track record. He's got the length, and that's probably his best trait right there, his length and his ball skills. Um, I think you just have to ask how good of an athlete is he compared to – as someone else, and, and maybe what you're looking for at the cornerback position. He would also be a Dallas Day guy. He's a product out of Mansfield. Yeah. He went to Mansfield High School. He, There's he no such thing, though, is there? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know if that's official or not. No visits. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I'm right there with you. I think there's not supposed to be a Dallas Day, but Bummer. he would be a Dallas Day guy if he were, if there were such a thing. Now, Jeff, give me one of those names as well. Uh, well, for me, um, Adebo, Adebo, I'd, uh, somebody mm. give me the proper pronunciation, Adebo. but I have him I have him as cornerback eight, and I have him in the second round. Like I like him even more than people who like him, I guess, and I think he's a better athlete than um, a lot are giving him credit for. I just think he's kind of a, uh, he looks kind of like one of those, uh, what do you call that, high booty? 
when you got kind of yeah. the long legs and your butt's up high there. Yeah, high cut. cut. Yeah, so, you know, if a guy, you know, makes a great break on an in or out cut, it's going to take him a, just a little bit just because his legs are longer and he's got to get going. But I think he accelerates. I think he can change direction. I like him a lot. Um, let's see. If you're talking about, like, third, fourth round, I guess my under-the-radar guys that I like are Shakur Brown at Michigan State mm. and Thomas Graham at Michigan. Um, but, man, I I like Adebo better because you're talking about, I think, a scheme fit for what we think the Cowboys are going to run. What we think the Cowboys are going to do is run a bunch of cover three. And in scenarios like that, I probably need to get more names in there because the names I really like to fit that are Kelvin Joseph, Ifietu uh, Melifonwu at Syracuse, Newsom at Northwestern. Because I think those are guys that I've seen play uh, a lot of mixture between man coverage and cover three zone where you have a deep third and I try and Adebo as well. Uh, so I think those are the names that are most interesting to me is at 44, if I heard the name Kelvin Joseph, Paulson Adebo, Melifonwu, or Newsom, I think that those are good players that are deserving of being picked there, and I think they really fit what we believe the Cowboys are going to do defensively. That's uh, with Adebo, the ball instincts, uh, it's undeniable. I mean, 34 passes defense in 21 starts is just a remarkable ratio, and that's something that uh, teams are going to care about. So, yeah, Adebo is really, really interesting, and I. I mean, you guys, I think, summed him up perfectly. Um, you know, he's leggy, and so he's going to false step here and there. But he can, uh, you know, he's got quick feet. I think he can settle, redirect, do, do these things. Uh, one other name that I think should keep uh, stay on the radar for this, the Cowboys scheme and maybe what they're looking for maybe in that fourth round would be uh, Keith Taylor out of Washington. Uh, 6'2 and a half, 190 pounds. I think he fits that scheme uh, really well. And then also Benjamin St. Just from uh, Minnesota, uh, a Canadian who, uh, another tall, leggy corner who has a lot of traits that are appealing. And both those guys uh, help themselves at the Senior Bowl and have a chance to you know, be in the early day three range, uh, maybe even push for more. I love it. There's a lot of guys that the Cowboys could potentially look at because they doubled up last year at corner, and like we talked about already, Reggie Robinson barely could get the feet, get onto the field. But I wouldn't be surprised if there was one place you could double dip again in this draft. It's probably at the cornerback spot. So looking at both those first-round corners and even some of those back-end day two, day three guys are going to be crucial for the Cowboys whenever they start making those decisions. But when we come back, here on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. We're going to go into some Twitter on the 20. We'll be right back after the break. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. 
Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. On to segment number two here of the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. As always, presented by Miller Lite. It's time now for some Twitter on the 20. On the 20. There he goes, as always. Chris Beam doing fantastic work in the back. And, well, guys, we've got some really good ones to get to. We'll start things off with Coop Gordon on Twitter. He hit me up and said, How does Oklahoma edge rusher Ronnie Perkins fit into what Dan Quinn is trying to do in Dallas. Also, what do you think he will be drafted because he was dominant at OU last year? KT, any thoughts on Mr. Ronnie Perkins? Yeah, Ronnie Perkins is an interesting cat right there. I almost think what Dane said on that, he could go 25, he could go 55. Maybe I would extend that up to to 75 maybe. I mean, for me, I've got a third-round grade on him, but he is a really good player. And if you talk to Oklahoma people, they will tell you that they were a way worse defense without him uh, than with him. He had consistent production. I think he's the definition of solid. You know, five-and-a-half sacks, then six sacks, and then five-and-a-half sacks uh, in his three years at OU. Good hands. Good hands player. Good upper body strength. You know, really good get-off and, you know, snap anticipation. Explodes off the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't call him stiff, but he's definitely not a Gumby. You know, he's not the most bendy guy, but, you know, he's a strong enough guy, and he'll set the edge against the run and things like that. He's not the longest guy. He's, uh, I have him at 6'3", 247, but, you know, I, I, I would say he plays like a 265 or 275-pound guy. You know, you look at the tape, you look at his body, you go, is that really, is that really 245 pounds? Um, you do have a question with a with a drug test. Um, uh, this is in 2019. He missed the Peach Bowl with five other players, uh, including uh, the running back Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, tested positive for a little THC, but you know. Oh hey, no! Hey, I'm not letting that. You know, I'm, I'm kind of ruling that. I'm getting a free pass there, right? Um, so you know, Perkins is an interesting name. I I don't know. Like, keep, keep this from a Cowboys perspective. I'm not sure I'm totally interested in drafting him at pick 44, but you start talking about if he's a guy who's there in the third round, then maybe. But I think I think you're going to see him slide up. I think people are going to start paying a little more attention to Ronnie Perkins, and wouldn't surprise me at all if he's taken in the first two rounds. 
Day? Yeah, I, I think that's – I graded him as a third. Um, I, I think he – he takes advantage of that slanting uh, defensive system they use there at Oklahoma, and that really helped boost his production. But, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what KT said. I, I think he's got heavy hands. He attacks the chest of blockers. He can stick, stab, keep distance. Um, I, I don't know how instinctive he is as a pass rusher. Uh, that, that bothered me a little bit. You know, you don't see a rush plan. You don't see an arsenal of moves. And so, you know, he, he's, it's going to take a little bit of development there. But... I like the way that he'll use his forward lean to, to use his length, to use his power. He's very balanced in his movement, so he can get himself free from blocks, make plays. Uh, I mean, I see a potential starter, uh, either in a 4-3 and a 3-4. It's just, yeah, the, obviously the, the failed drug test, you have to figure out what's going on there. Um, you know, I don't, it, it sounds like a situation where he's really well-liked in that locker room. Uh, it's just you have to vet his off-field decision-making. So uh, a third, I, I grade him as a third, but you know, if he ended up going top 50, wouldn't be a, a complete shock. Mm -hmm. All right, Jeff, I've got a really hot take topic for you on this next Twitter on the 20 question. So this is all for you. I'm excited for this answer. So Chris Staff on Twitter said, first off, he hopes everybody is safe and well. And the question is, let's assume, and by assume, pretty much hope, that Trey Lance is available at number 10. Of course, the quarterback out of North Dakota State. Which team from 12 to 25 is most likely to trade up to pick number 10 with the Cowboys for him and what would be a realistic trade scenario, or do the Cowboys take him, Mr. Jeff Cavanaugh? Uh, I can do this off the top of my head because I've played with this too many times on simulators. I've gone down to around 20 and then been really mad at myself for going down to 20 because all the names I wanted disappeared. So to me, the dream would be you go to 15 and you get 15 and 46 from New England. And since they're taking a quarterback, you may even be able to sneak out a little more. But, uh, and I'm going to take this back to what we were talking about with the cornerback class. I'm going to have them in a certain order. But if you told me J.C. Horn's going to have a better career than Caleb Farley, I'd go, all right, I believe you. And if you told me pick another one and it's going to go that way, I'd go, okay, I believe you. Um, so that would kind of be the dream to me, I think, is you go to 15, you pick up J.C. Horn. And now I got a corner that I feel about as good as I would have felt with either of the other top two corners. And I've got an additional pick right there in the middle of the second round. Mm. That's the dream trade of the quarterback, 15 and 46. And if you can get more than that, great. But if not, I'm J.C. horning this thing all the way to the bank. I like that idea. I, I think that would be ideal for the Cowboys, honestly, if they didn't feel comfortable with one of those top two corners like a Sertan or a Farley. But kind of sticking with this, and you talked about trading back into the 20s, if the Cowboys were to trade back into the 20s, Travis Ferguson on Twitter said, which later first, early second round offensive tackle prospect would you like better if the Cowboys were to trade back to about the 20 mark? Is it Jalen Mayfield, Christian Derisaw, Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame, AVT, or Alex Leatherwood out of those guys? Dane, which one would you like more if the Cowboys were to potentially trade back and have that nightmare scenario that Jeff just kind of talked about but still have a chance at a young tackle? Uh, for me, no question would be Derisaw out of that group. Um, you know, I just think he's a guy that's, uh, you know, the body control, the feet that he has, uh, the, the technique, the torque. Uh, you know the he, the way he shows up both in pass protection and the run game. Uh, you know he's uh, he can manhandle guys in front of him. So there, there's a lot to like about Christian Darrisaw. And if he's 
if I have a chance at him uh, in the first, I, I'm feeling good about that, especially after a trade down. It's a really interesting tackle group. Uh, you know, like for me, Jalen Mayfield, I really like him. I think he's a better guard. Um, you know, like uh, you know, like Tevin Jenkins I, from Oklahoma State, really like him. Uh, I, I do question will he be able to hold up at left tackle. Um, and so there's there's kind of questions with each one of these guys, and that's why, you know, we're talking about them as late ones, not early ones. Um, yeah. So it's a really, really interesting group. Uh, and real quick, to go back to what Jeff was just talking about, I'd be, I, I'm, I'm going to press you on this, Jeff. What, why J.C. Horn over one of the linebackers? Let's say every, say none of the linebackers were, were, uh, were drafted at, up to that point. So you have your choice of any of the linebackers at 15. Are you still going Horn over any one of those guys? Plus, when you consider... You're almost guaranteed one of, you know, Stokes, Newsom, Joseph, you know, all those corners we talked about in the first segment. Oh, there's a very, very high chance at least one of them's going to be there for you at 44. Does that influence your decision at all at number 15? Uh, I don't trust Parsons. Look, here's my problem with linebacker. Tell me what they're doing with the other two on the roster. Because in this scenario, I think you're talking about, for me, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, um, Nick Bolton, Micah Parsons, all first-round guys. J.C. Horn, first-round guy. So I like them all. Uh, I'll figure out how to stack them later. But to me, I think cornerback is the more valuable position. So if I have a choice between guys that I consider close, I would err on the side of corner anyway, and that's without even factoring in that the Cowboys currently are going to run out Trevon Diggs, Anthony Brown, and... Uh-huh. So, like, at linebacker, I'd have to create a hole to go fill that hole, which I don't mind doing with at least one of them on the roster, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel I feel safer with J.C. Horn than any linebacker in this draft. And I love Koromoa, but I'm also projecting a move to Will Linebacker for a guy who didn't play in the box linebacker all that often at Notre Dame. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's uh, it, it's when you talk about these linebackers. I mean, I still like Parsons. I mean, I think you know, as long as I'm comfortable with the off-field stuff, which is something we're going to keep working through. Um, as long as we're comfortable with his maturity, I think he's the best linebacker in this class. Uh, but I, I, I still really like Koromoa, uh, and you know, it's just you have to have a plan for him. Um, you know, because he's not a true safety he's not a true linebacker uh you're you're kind of doing a little bit of a mix and whether that means having a tr designated nickel uh position for him or whatever you're doing if you have a plan yeah he, he's worth th that pick he's so explosive i think at 15 i'm you know as, as long as the current situation on the roster is figured out and we have a hole there we have a chance to upgrade and we take advantage of it I think I'm leaning towards one of those linebackers, and then, and you know, not now. It's it's because of those linebackers, not because of the depth of corner. But that doesn't hurt as well, knowing that I feel really good about my uh, second round uh, corner options uh, at 44. So, you know, it's uh, this linebacker group is interesting. I, I I'm still a, a big believer in Parsons' talent. There's just there's so much there that uh, is is high level stuff, and as long as you're comfortable with the person. Uh, I feel really good about the player. 
KT, I'm interested in your opinion on these linebackers and what the Cowboys would maybe potentially lean on doing because I like what Jeff said about creating that hole, and I think we all kind of look at it and say 54 is the hole that they would have to create. Whoa! I just, I'm throwing it out there. I don't want to be a coward. Wow. I'm going to talk about who we're going to replace if we draft wow. a player. I love Jalen. It's I 54. Love him. I'm sure you do. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's not who you were, you were talking about. But, KT, any any – potential there with the Cowboys and linebacker with the prospects that are at hand? I thought you were talking about uh, Joe Thomas not coming yeah. back. I uh, thought it was Sean Lee. I don't uh, know. Was, oh, oh Sean yeah, Lee. interesting. Okay. Uh, you know, on that right there, again, I, I mean, I still have a second-round grade on J.C. Horn. He's my third corner, but I have a pretty big drop-off between Farley, Sertan, Hater. and J.C. Horn. But in this scenario, it's important to remember that you have pick 15, pick 44, and pick 46. So I am a little more comfortable taking a linebacker there if, if it's the guy I like. We've heard the Cowboys are interested in Zayvon Collins, or at least like Zayvon Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't have him graded above you know Micah Parsons. Um, uh, Koromoa is my favorite player in the draft overall. I'm not saying it's my you know number one ranked oh. player in the draft, but that's my favorite player in the draft. Just I love watching him play, um, and I personally on my board would have him graded a little bit higher than Micah Parsons. Because we do need to find out a little more. And also, the instincts of Micah Parsons are sometimes questionable, and it, it bothers me a little bit. I, like, I don't, I don't, I hate being, or I hate having the idea of, okay, if I, if I draft this guy, what do I do with him? Well, you're a smart NFL coach. You figure out what to do with him, right? Like, so I'm taking the player I like, and if Coromo is there, and I'm taking, I'm, I'm taking him at 15. Like, that's easy. I, I wouldn't take Koromoa over Farley or Sertan on this team um, unless some roster moves are made and then we can kind of go back and, and reevaluate that. So that's where I'm at. I, I, I'm also a fan of taking linebackers late. I think you can get linebacker linebacking help on day three. Um, you know, I, I, I think – and also there's a guy I need to ask you about, Dane, because I don't have a ton of Michigan tape, unfortunately. Hey, yeah. tell me about Cameron McGrone. And I know he's only got like 16 games on his ledger. But Cameron McGrone, from the little bit that I've seen on Blip Cam, um, because I can't find any all 22 in Michigan for some reason, uh, and maybe we have some and I just missed it. Um, tell me about Cameron McGrone, the linebacker from Michigan, because he looks fun. Yeah, he's really, really, uh, really, really fast. I mean, he can run. He, he filled the shoes of Devin Bush uh, after he left Michigan. Uh, and McGrone stepped in and made a pretty quick impact uh, as, a, as a sophomore. Uh, biggest worry with him might be the injuries. He had a, an ACL uh, in high school and then uh, had a pretty bad knee injury uh, late this past year against Rutgers. Um, so the, the health of his knee is going to be pretty important. But this is a guy that can just he can, he can run all over. The, at the athleticism, the instincts are, are fantastic. Um, uh, if he doesn't play out in front, then he usually gets in trouble because he, you know, he doesn't have necessarily the play strength that you want. Uh, so I think those issues are going to going to hurt him. Um, so you, you factor in the inexperience, the injuries. Uh, that we're talking more uh, a day three flyer, and you kind of hope he stays healthy and get on the field. But the speed and his ability to you know trust his vision, which allows him to play even faster. It is really, really intriguing. I just hope he can stay on the field. 
Now, kind of going back to these these offensive tackles that we were talking about a little bit earlier, we had multiple Twitter on the 20 questions asking about later round deep, or offensive tackles, rather. Connor Livesay, who we, we had some tri- trouble with last time he asked the he question. He screwed up the whole segment. Completely messed it all up. I have checked. This guy is indeed in the draft. But where is Deontay Smith, the East Carolina offensive tackle, going to end up? He said he doesn't love his tape, his traits, his versatility, and his senior bowl were all tremendous, though. So where does he make it? Does he make it to the fourth for Dallas? And, Dane, are there any other offensive tackles late in the draft that the Cowboys could potentially get for some offensive line depth. Well, yeah, this offensive tackle class is just, it's loaded. Stacked. Uh, and, you know, last year we had five going to top uh, top 20, and it was very top heavy. This year, it's, you know, we're going to have two, you know, maybe we get to three around there in the top 20, but it just, it stretches. And I don't know how we're going to fit all these tackles in the top 100 picks in the, third, in the top three rounds. Uh, you know, because even after you get past Penny Sewell and Rashawn Slater and Christian Derrissaw and Jenkins, you've got guys like Sam Cosme and Liam Eikenberg. Uh, I, I really like James Hudson at Cincinnati. Uh, Dylan Radins at North Dakota State. He's somewhere on day two. Uh, Walker Little from Stanford. We can't forget about him. Uh, he's been out of sight, out of mind after he had a really nice 2018 season, hurt 2019, and then opted out this past year. Brady Christensen at BYU. A little bit of an older player, but he, he he's a he's a really solid left tackle. Uh, so I mean, I just mentioned those are ten names right there, and all ten could go in the top 100 picks. And so Deontay Smith, I think you could make a case has top 100 traits because you know as 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 Connor said, uh, you know you you like six five, 300 pounds, and 35 and a quarter inch arms, uh, really quick feet. And during senior bowl practices, he held up versus power. He helped versus quickness. Uh, you know, really helped himself. Uh, and so I think he's probably early day three, like somewhere in the fourth. Uh, but it's more because just you know some of these tackles are going to have to fall out of the top 100, and he might be one of them. So I, I the, the tape isn't amazing, but the foundational traits are there. You know, you're, you're going to take a chance on traits at the tackle position. Uh, Deontay Smith is is how it looks, um, and so if we're looking for more other guys that could possibly be fits later on, uh, you know Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa is a developmental guy. Uh, you know he's he's got a lot of tools to work with. Um, you know I, Larry Borum from Missouri as uh, a uh, redshirt junior who came out is really raw, but he's got some talent. If you can get him in the fifth or sixth round, I think that's that's the type of guy you'd like to develop. So this tackle class is is loaded uh, from the top to bottom. It stretches really well. And so you can feel good about uh, getting a tackle at different points of the draft. I want to add one more name just because I watched him last night. Um, and this is from Jeff's Oklahoma Sooners, fifth round, Adrian Ely, mm-hmm. offensive tackle. I just like the way that, that he moved a little bit um, in the run blocking game. Uh, just like right tackle and, hey, man, all the way over there, hit his targets on the left side of the field. I like to see my big guys moving around like that. So, again, fifth round, not like uh, in love or anything, but just a name, throwing it out there. He, he's got starting potential. Yeah, that's a, that's a good name. You're throwing out offensive tackle names. How about we throw out some quarterback names, Kevin, KT, Turner, because Great. at this very moment, uh, yeah, well, the, the Cowboys have not signed Dak Prescott, and Dane Brugler is uh, releasing his top ten quarterbacks on the athletic. When we come back on the DallasCowboys.com draft show, I'm just going to read – the back half of the headline is Zach Wilson of BYU ahead of Trevor Lawrence 
in mock draft updates and buzz. We're going to talk about it when we come back on the other side of the break here on the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite. No way. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Final segment here of the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Kyle Yeomans alongside Dane Brugler, Kevin K.T. Turner, Jeff Cavanaugh. And good thing we're talking about quarterbacks because there's some breaking news straight from the Twitter of uh, Adam Schefter. Philadelphia has agreed to trade quarterback Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts in exchange for a 2021 third-round pick and conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first, league sources tell Adam Schefter. So, with that being said, we were going to talk about these quarterbacks, but let's talk about kind of instant reaction from what was a former number two overall pick in the draft out of North Dakota State. Of course, there's a North Dakota State uh, quarterback that's going to be taken in the top ten this year, seemingly, in Trey Lance, but... Uh, Jeff, what are your thoughts overall about the Philadelphia trade as Carson Wentz is now a Colt? Uh, I mean, Carson, the Carson Wentz part of it, I just I don't know how that's going to play out because that this year was a collapse that it's just so weird um, to see a guy who had shown a decent amount of ability to suddenly look like he couldn't play the position and to blame it on the circumstances or the coaching or whatever I think is garbage because they replaced him with a guy who's not an NFL quarterback I don't think and the team got better so uh, I don't know how to play out for Wentz I think I, I look at that as like the Eagles best chance to be a good team was for Carson Wentz to refine it 
because now I don't believe that they have an NFL starter on their roster at quarterback. So um, I guess my first thought is always don't let them take a quarterback, don't let them take a quarterback, don't let them take a quarterback. I just hope that the Eagles take a receiver or a corner at six and think that Jalen Hurts is the answer because I think if they do that, they're not a threat at all. Yeah. Well, you don't, you don't draft a quarterback in the second round unless you really like him, right? I mean, uh, you know, the – it, it just it was a fascinating pick when they made it, and it's even more fascinating now with the everything going on. Uh, I, I love this for the Colts, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not you're not giving up a lot. You're a third and a conditional two. Carson Wentz has a plenty of talent. I, I don't, it's not a talent question, and we have to remember he's being reunited with Frank Reich, who uh, when he was with the Eagles, that's that that that's what helped unlock a lot of that talent for for Carson Wentz. And so reuniting those two, it's a perfect fit for Wentz. If he's going to get his mojo back, if he's going to figure it out, it's going to happen with Indianapolis. Um, and for the Colts, obviously, Phillip Rivers is retired. Okay, you need to do something at quarterback. They you know, they went after Stafford. They've been looking at their quarterback options. They're sitting there at 21 in the draft. They don't feel great about being able to trade up and get one of the uh, one of these rookie quarterbacks. They're a win-now team. So, I, you know, I they, they didn't overpay for Carson Wentz. I mean, I think you're talking about uh, the potential hit rate here, I think it's it's a fair deal. So you know, I I, I like it for both sides. Uh, uh, you know, the Carson Wentz side and you know the Colts. What what this could be for them? It's, a, it's go for it, KT. Oh, I say it's the best possible fit for Carson Wentz because yeah. the roster does matter. Um, and I'm not a huge Wentz fan, uh, but the roster matters, and Brad Ballard is going to give you a, a better roster than what you were getting in Philadelphia at the time. We've seen that. And also, just for a fun fact, from 2009 to 2016, of the 22 quarterbacks selected in the first round, none of them were with their team that drafted them. So, wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. Nuts. That's pretty fantastic. Uh, good fun fact there, KT. I like it. I now, stole it from someone on Twitter, so don't. Yeah, yeah that's, okay. That's fair. Uh Kind of going off of what Dane was talking about a minute ago, and KT, or even Jeff, rather, whenever you kind of talked about how this affects the Cowboys, it affects the Cowboys in a couple of ways. One was, like you said, is Philadelphia really going to be a threat? Are they going to take a quarterback with that sixth overall pick? That's one of the big questions. The second one is it takes a team away from you that may have wanted to trade up at 10 and potentially get a quarterback because the Colts aren't going to go trade for a quarterback at this point, or at least seemingly that's the case. They're not going to try and trade from 21 up to 10. So there's two ways that it's affected. The third one is, does this give you pause? Like you said, KT, that's a long stretch of time where that quarterback has not been with their team after being selected in the first round. And, of course, with the Dak Prescott situation, with these quarterbacks on the board, Dane put out his top 10 quarterbacks and top 10 prospects ranked again. That'll continue to change by everybody's means as the year goes along. However, does this give you pause any, Dane, about taking a quarterback at 10 if the Cowboys don't get Dak Prescott under contract? Uh, I mean, it's. I just I can't envision a scenario where that's the case. Um, I mean, if you're the Cowboys, you do your due diligence on these quarterbacks. You just you just never know. Um, you, there's there's always a chance, and so you do your due diligence and see if you fall in love with any of these guys. Um, you're just you're not even sure who's going to be there at ten. You, there's there's a a favorable chance that none of these you know the top four quarterbacks will even be there for you. So it's. It's a really interesting, uh, you know, pecking order uh, with these, you know, the quarterbacks after Lawrence. Um, you know, I, 
Some will say that, you know, Zach Wilson uh, maybe has a chance to go uh, above Lawrence, and that's uh, – get out of here. Come on. It's not happening. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is going number one. He'd be number one in a lot – he would have been number one last year over Burrow. He, he, he'd be going yeah. number one over a lot of other in, – in a lot of other draft classes. Um, I, I, I Trust me, no one um, – you know, I, I've been on Zach Wilson since for a while um, and saying he's, he was the number two guy this year. But he's the number two guy. He's not. He, he's not pushing for one. It's just uh, people are kind of running out of things to talk about when we talk about that. So um, you know, this uh, w- w- with uh, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, Mac Jones. Do any of those three really get the Cowboys excited at all? And uh, I mean, I, I still have a hard time envisioning this roster without Dak, Pros- Dak Prescott. But uh, you know, they got to do their due, due diligence and figure these quarterbacks out. Jeff. Uh, I mean, I think if they get to the draft and they haven't done a long-term deal with Dak Prescott, um, how do I say it without name-calling? <laughs> if you don't consider or pick a quarterback, I have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Because the like the only way you're doing that is I don't know how you're assuming that, well, we're going to get a deal done. Because he's come so far in the process towards free agency that he's on the doorstep to it. So if you don't have something done by the time you draft and you don't figure out who's going to be your next quarterback, I, I don't, it would, what would it be? Just blind ego that Jerry and or Steven would be like, hey, don't worry, he won't leave us. He doesn't want to. Mm. It just, I, I, I don't know how you couldn't be in panic mode if Dak's not signed by the draft. Because he's yeah. like... You're not tagging a guy for what is it, fifty-two or fifty-four million dollars or whatever a year from now, and you're just going to trust that a quarterback hitting free agency in his prime is going to take whatever you offer him instead of whatever unrestricted free agency offers him, which will probably be some sort of NFL record. Yep. Um, I think it's negligence if you don't pick a quarterback at ten if you don't have a long-term deal done with Dak. KT. I would agree. Uh, a quick housekeeping. That's a first-round pick for the Eagles if Carson Wentz plays 75% of his snaps next year. That 22 pick would become a first-round pick for the Eagles. Or if the Colts make the playoffs and he plays 70% of his snaps. So it's basically all about his health. Um, yeah, yeah. for me, I mean, look, you you got to get a deal done with Dak, and that's 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 it. There's the end of story. Because if you don't get that done, that's negligence before whatever happens at the draft. Get it done. Like it's that simple. Uh, but I actually got to make sure he's healthy and all that stuff. So mm. Jeff covered yeah, what I th- feel about that. Sure. Uh, now, kind of talking about some of these mid-round prospects, Dane, tell me about Davis Mills because you kind of named them in order. We'll go through it one more time. Trevor Lawrence is number one. Zach Wilson, BYU, is number two. Number three is Justin Fields out of Ohio State. Number four, Trey Lance, North Dakota State, who we've talked about already. Mac Jones is the fifth quarterback. And then at six is Davis Mills out of Stanford. Six foot four, 255 pounds. Tell me about what Davis Mills brings to the table and why he's above guys like a, an Ian Book and a Kyle Trask and a Kellen Mond. He's really, really interesting as a former five-star guy who just couldn't stay on the field due to injuries. And so I think the, the health of his left knee is going to be really important just to you know make sure that he can stay on the field and be healthy. Uh, but when he's out there, he looks really, really, really intriguing. Um, you know, you've got a guy that can throw a touch in anticipation. Uh, he can throw to all three levels. He's got a big, loose body type. Um, you know, it almost brings back just just the way he not not comparing them as players, 
but just the way he moves in that Stanford uniform, you see Andrew Luck out there with just the movements, uh, it, it, you know, because he's big and he's loose. Uh, and so I think he throws to the middle of the field really well, maybe the best middle of the field thrower in this draft. Um, and so I think there's a lot that's going for him. It's just can he stay on the field? And he needs time to develop. He's still figuring out the throws that he should and shouldn't make. Um, so there's some development needed there. But if I'm looking for that developmental quarterback in the third, fourth, fifth round, uh, this is the guy. This is one of the few quarterbacks in this class that I think has future starting potential. Where, you know, Kyle Trask, good quarterback, but to me, he's a career backup. Uh, you know, Ian Book, I like him, uh, but he's backup material. Uh, Mills is the one guy outside the first two rounds that I think could maybe actually become an NFL starter if uh, he develops in some you know certain areas. JT, anything about Davis Mills? No, I haven't watched him yet because I hate quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with are JT. There, are there well, any quarterbacks that, that you guys back have to, watched? You know, what, what, like what we talked about, if you know the Cowboys and the quarterback situation, if you don't get your guy at 10, this isn't one of those drafts where, you know, maybe you take a flyer on a quarterback and, you know, there's not many options in terms of developmental guys. Uh, if you're looking for, you know, if, you, if you're trying to find a quarterback in this draft, he's going to, you know, start games for you down the road, you got to take him at 10. This draft class just doesn't have a lot of developmental options that you feel strongly about, uh, you know, that could be potential starters. It's interesting to think about because the Cowboys will have to do that have you guys watched, in terms of KT and Jeff, have you watched the top six quarterbacks or top five quarterbacks at all? Or are you still not even to that point yet? Are you into panic slash preparation mode for Dak Prescott not being available? Not Great the- question, Kyle. I've watched 113 defensive prospects. I've watched seven offensive prospects. <laughs> so um, I Are hate they all offensive tackles? Uh, one, two, three of them are. Yeah, uh, I've watched these quarterbacks play live. That's where I am with these mm-hmm. quarterbacks. It's my form of silent protest to try to get this Dak deal done. Okay. I, I've watched the, the top five quarterbacks, and I have them the same order as Dane does, except I would flip. Well, no, I don't have them close to the same order as Dane does. It's Trevor Lawrence. My second one is Trey Lance, then Zach Wilson, then Justin Fields. Jeff brought up something to me one night. Boy, we are really disrespecting Justin Fields, and I can't wait for him to be really good in the NFL. All right, well, go on. Why are we disrespecting him? Yeah. Because KT is throwing in a dude who hands the ball off twice for every time that he throws that played at North Dakota State over an Ohio State monster who lived up to everything he was supposed to be in college as one of the highest recruits of all time. Justin Fields has been nothing but be a stud, and now we're just going to throw in Mitch Trubisky in front of him, and we're just going to throw in anybody we can find. We like their traits. Come I, on, I, man. People, I, people get so upset when Justin Fields isn't the number two quarterback or I know. the number three quarterback, and I don't get it. Like, he's good. But, you know, so is Trey Lance. So is Zach Wilson. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't. I, I don't know why we're disrespecting Justin Fields just because he's he's not a top two quarterback in this class. He's really good. There's a lot of things to like about Justin Fields, but there's a lot of question marks too there. I mean, it's 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 a tough position to evaluate. Obviously, there's so many variables, and with Fields, uh, when you really study his tape, watch the Northwestern game, and you really start to, like, why is he make, why is he making that throw? Why is he you know locked onto this read? He won't even. Look at other guys. I mean, there are just so many things that make you go crazy when you watch him. That you know, it's it, it's you know, it, it's easy to like him, 
but there's also reasons why there's 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 question marks there. There's concern there, and so it's it's a really interesting group of quarterbacks that I, everyone's got different orders. Watch the Nebraska game too. Say it's same same type of feel with the Northwestern game. There's a You're right, KT. Nebraska. He should have gone to Southern Alabama, had a good year, and he'd be QB two for you. I got no, it. The, okay. We got a guy running wide open in the back of the end zone of the Nebraska game, and Justin Fields is looking at the ground, and his wide receivers freaking out on him like all of Kirk Cousins' wide receivers do. Like I, I look, I, I like Justin Fields fine. I think a lot of people watched him play against Clemson live and think he's uh, God, and it's. That's just not the case. Like, he's fine. He's good. I, I look, and I get the Trey Lance. I, I understand being skeptical. I was going to bring this up, though. Jeff me, Jeff and I went and had some uh, cold Miller lights the other night at the bar. Because uh, nice. we've been known to do that. We are double masking and all that stuff, of course. Good. And Jeff was like, Jeff threw out the whole Mac Jones thing. He's like, with this offense, Mac Jones. Kind of just uh, distribute the ball. I don't know if that's an opinion you want to bring to the draft show, Jeff. And I know you're not talking about taking him at 10, <laughs> but you had a good point. Like, if you treat, just imagine that the Cowboys wide receivers are the Alabama wide receivers, and you can just be a point guard and distribute. I, I thought I, I thought your point was fine. I thought your point oh, was I'm okay. Just trying to, I'm just trying to stir you guys up and get you guys fired up on a Thursday because I haven't even studied the guys. I've just watched them all yeah. live. I'm already uh, but, drinking. I mean, but Mac Jones can read a football field and deliver an accurate ball with a chance for yak. That sounds pretty good in Dallas. Yeah. So I'm he's, like that. A, he, he's another guy that's easy to like because, yeah, he's accurate. He can anticipate. It's just you have to be okay with a very average athlete who has a very average arm when things aren't right on time. So, you know, if he's in the right offense, yeah, I mean, he, he can be a winner in this league. It's It's – it's a fascinating uh, group of quarterbacks that all bring something different to the table. One of my favorite parts of the draft show is getting Dane Brugler a little bit riled up on one of the <laughs> rankings back and forth between Justin Fields and Trey Lance. And Jeff did a especially, fantastic job of doing Especially that. by someone who hasn't even studied them. <laughs> hasn't so even fun. gone through it. Oh, it's even better. It makes it even better. Hey, uh, I, I live in Ohio, so trust me, Ohio State fans are not happy with me. when They've not been happy with me for months. After I put Zach Wilson at number two back mm. in the fall, so it's I, I I've just I, I've, I've get, received a lot of it over the past few months. Now I've got a mental image of Dane going to the grocery store and having dirty looks from draft fans <laughs> across the aisle as they wear Ohio State Buckeye gear. I think that's something that would definitely happen. Go read Dane's top t- ten quarterbacks for the 2021 NFL Draft. It's on the Athletic. Great work as always, Dane, and can't wait to go through some of these different positions along the way. But that's going to do it for us here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite. Everybody, continue to stay safe out there. We'll continue to thaw out and be back on Tuesday for the draft show and have a lot of fun with these guys. Maybe even have a double show on Tuesday. We'll see how that things turn out and how uh, that ends up shaking. But that's going to do it for us. For Chris Beam in the back for our friend KT Turner, for Dane Brugler, and for Jeff Cavanaugh. I'm Kyle Yeomans. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you next week here on the draft show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!